our speaker for the night, Karina. one of the elders and pastors of Blazing Fire Church, and whenever she speaks, it's, it's always heart to heart. It's, it's always spirit to spirit and heart to heart. So I, I just invite you now to speak to your heart and say, heart be open. <laughs> heart be open to receive all the Lord wants to uh, convey to you tonight through Karina. She, she loves Jesus. She has a passion to see people whole and to know that they are loved and I'm looking forward to receiving through you tonight Karina <laughs> at least I didn't put it behind my ear like my wonderful husband your presence. Oh, I just, I love um, what we were singing tonight, that now I'm ruined for anything less. Yeah, so God, we are, we're ruined. God, he totally ruined us. You know, I just, once you taste of him and his presence, well, you just, you can't settle for anything less, so... We, we want the fullness, God. We want all of you, all that you are. <laughs> More, Lord. Thank you, Father. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. We wait on you. More of your presence, God. We're so ruined for anything less than all of you. All of you, God. Wow. And if you haven't tasted of him, I just, I just ask even now, Lord, God, that we could taste of you, of your goodness for us. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's so good. Wow. So, um, Pastor Fred, it was really neat because I was sitting over there with my husband, and I said, I think, oh, something really special about that, that pastor over there. And then Russ called you up to talk. So, um, Wow, what I just see, you know, it's such a prophetic sign that it's raining today and that you came because I just I just see just rain, just torrential downpours of rain over you and just that the Lord is just bringing water to the thirsty land. So we just release that. And, um, wow, the Lord's just so pleased with you. He just says, thank you, son. And, and I just see you as a gatherer. I don't know if you gather other pastors or what, but um, the Lord's just, uh, I just see you bringing this unity among other pastors and leaders for the purpose of just bringing the kingdom. So, yes, Lord. So, thank you, Father, for the rain over my brother and for watering the dry land, Lord. More of that. <laughs> more, Lord. We all just say more, more for Pastor Fred. And for us, too, God, thank you for the rain. Thank you for the rain, God. 
redemption. Thank you for restoration. Thank you that, that with the rain comes new beginnings and new life, Jesus. Thank you for the rain. We don't despise it. <laughs> we say thank you, Lord, what you're doing. Yay. So, um, side note, I just want to encourage you guys to all come on November 6th because our awesome youth, Todd, uh, my husband and I are youth pastors, and so they're going to be leading the service on November 6th, and we are just so extremely proud of these ones, so uh, you're not going to want to miss it, and um, you know, it's not just because of what they're doing, God's doing amazing stuff through them, but it's it's who they are, because their hearts are just so pure, and just so wanting more of God, and so come November 6th, and, and the youth are going to totally rock you bless you. Yeah. So, um, I just want to give you an encouraging word, first of all. Um, uh, The Lord's been talking to me a lot about uh, taking a walkabout. Now, if you don't know what a walkabout is, it is a rite of passage for the Aborigines where they would uh, journey into the wilderness for like six months, and um, they would trace the path of their people, and then they would... um, imitate the heroic deeds of, of their uh, people, of their ancestors. So in um, Psalm 48, it says, verse 12, it says, walk about Zion, go around her, count her towers, consider well her ramparts, view her citadels, that you may tell of them to the next generation. For this God is our God forever and ever and ever. And he will be our guide even to the end. He is our guide. And then in um, Colossians 1, verse 10, this is uh, the mirror translation. Pastor Brent's been reading from this. And if you haven't um, read it before, you could just go online and Google it. And there's only several books written, but it's, oh my goodness, it's just such a, a really good translation. So in Colossians 1, verse 10, it says, Go on a walkabout tour. To explore the extent of the land that is yours under his lordship. So, yeah, I think what the Lord's saying is just that he's just bringing us into this uh, season, a time of remembrance of everything that he's done. And so uh, we do remember, Lord. We remember what you've done for us. And, and we, we, we go with you, Jesus. We want to go on a walkabout with you and look at... <laughs> Look at the path of, of the people that have gone before us, the generational blessings in our family line. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, and so um, he just he's saying, remember. Remember what I've done uh, through you. Remember um, my faithfulness, my goodness. Remember me. Yeah, so, so we do do that. And, and Bob Jones, he gave this word for this year about... Um, Moving into more authority. He said, this is the year of the lion. Have you guys, did you guys see that clip? In the, I think it was a YouTube clip where he's just, he's like, this is the year of the lion, and we're going to step into our authority, you know, the authority that's already been given to us. And so I feel like um, as we take this walkabout and remember his goodness, we're going to step into this authority. So even now, we just, we do that, Lord, in the spirit. We just, we agree with you that the authority whoa, has, is already ours. It's already ours, God, and we just choose to get rid of whatever hinders that, false humility, or just, oh, just 
unbelief and, and we step into the authority, God, that you've given us. And we just say, God, that you'll be our guide even to the end. Be our guide. Be our tour guide, God. <laughs> Remind us, Lord, of your faithfulness and your goodness to us. Thank you, God. We choose to go with you. We choose to remember what you've done all for us, God, on the cross, what you did for us corporately as a church and individually in our lives, God. Thank you, Lord. We remember. Wow. I just, you know, I, I love if I have spare time, which I don't have a lot of, but if I do, I love taking walks, and, and I love just being in nature, and especially when there's just huge mature trees and, and land and rocks because, oh, I, people, well, I won't go into that, but it's just, <laughs> they're crying out. They have something to say, the land and the, the trees that have been there for years and years. You know, it's just like crying out for all of creation to realize who we are. And so go on a walkabout with the Lord and um, just let him remind you of, what he's doing, because I feel like there's a lot of you in here that are needing breakthrough financially, oh, in your marriage, yeah, and, and physically maybe you need healing, yeah, the Lord's just saying, go ahead and just take hold of that tonight, even just agree with his heart that it is finished, it's done, yeah, wow, <laughs> Susan was praying for me earlier. She's just like, you know, that would be a connector. And I, it just doesn't matter what I say tonight at all. It's just, I love connecting with people. I love the one-on-one. -on -one. And if I could connect with your heart, and if you could just connect with Papa like this, or, you know, like this, that's, that's my prayer tonight, that you would just connect with him in a new way. Spirit to spirit. <laughs> yeah, but, um, so anyway, I want to talk about union with Jesus, our bridegroom, our king, he's our bridegroom tonight. And so we were, um, Todd and I had bought uh, Cinderella. Have you guys seen Cinderella? We, we had to buy it on DVD because um, we, all of our Disney movies, because we have big kids now, so all of our Disney movies are all on VHS. And uh, for, you know, young people, VHS is might not realize that, but, you know, us older people, people uh, we used to use uh, videotapes. So anyway, we, uh, we were watching Cinderella, and, you know, many of you know the story, and it's just the king puts out this royal call, this invitation saying, come, my son wants a bride, come, come. So who, who's worthy to be by my son's side? And as the story goes, Cinderella, she's this lowly little servant girl, and uh, she captures the heart and affections of the king, and um, he's just smitten by Cinderella. You know, she's this lowly servant girl, and um, she's transformed into this princess, and there's lots of little returns in the middle. There's actually 
actually a lot of prophetic symbolism if you really watch it all the way through. Um, but there's so there's all these little detours in the middle. But anyway, they live happily ever after, of course, like love stories go. Those of you that like love stories, you know, they, they live happily, happily ever after. So in the same way, the Father, our Father God, he says, come, come to a wedding. Come to the wedding because my son wants a bride. He desires a bride. And he says, come. He sends out the invitation. Who wants to come to the wedding? He sends it out. He doesn't, um, he's not partial to anyone. He invites everyone. Come to the wedding. And he says, my son, I want him to have his inheritance because his inheritance is that all would know him. I want him to have his inheritance in full. So come to the wedding. It's already paid for. And it says in um, Matthew 22, verse 2, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. And it is the love story of all love stories. You know, when I was younger, I liked um, Romeo and Juliet. I don't know like, oh my gosh, what, that is not a love story. It ends in misery and death. It's like, what a lie we were fed as teenagers. Yuck. Because Jesus comes, and he captures our heart, and we die with him, but then he resurrects us into new life. Now that is a love story. That's a love story. interfere with stepping into 
your identity as a bride, then you're going to miss out on the fullness of everything Jesus has for you. It's, it's all about union with God. It's, that's what it's about, union with Christ. So in Ephesians 5, verse 31, it says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is the great mystery concerning Christ and the church. So um, God uses covenant. He uses marriage. He wants to show us covenant in that he is absolutely 100% committed to us. He's totally committed to us. He's not like man. He's not like, you know, I don't know if any of you have gone through divorce or anything. He, he is so committed to us. There's nothing that you can say or do that will change his mind about you. Nothing. There's nothing. You're perfect for him. So in the mirror translation, the same verse, Ephesians 5, it says, He elevated us from our natural birth as our only identity to an understanding of our origin in him, confirmed again in our new birth, his resurrection, and our subsequent restored joint position together with him in heavenly places. Thus he brought about a new union, new union of intimate oneness, God and man revealed again in one person. So this is the thing, Jesus, Jesus, he humbled himself. He came in the form of a man. I know we all know this, but when you really think about it, he got so low, he gets low and he's like on bended knee and he says to us, will you marry me? That's, that's Jesus. He gets on bended knee. That's he got that low to say, will you marry me? And it just takes my breath away <laughs> that he would do that, you know. And he just puts a ring on your finger. And he says, will you take my name? Will you take my name? I mean, it just, it gets to me that Jesus, the Son of God, would get down low and say, will you marry and the father, of course, he gives his blessing, you know, like at a wedding. Because he says, oh, yeah, I bless this. I totally bless this. And he delights in the day that he sees uh, us dancing, taking our first dance with him on our wedding day. He's like, oh, my gosh, that delight. I'm so delighted over watching my son dance with, with my daughter on her wedding day. It's just, wow. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Todd. When he proposed to me, this is like totally funny. He, uh, <laughs> he we had invited some friends over, and uh, it was when I was a young gal because we've been married a long time. And so uh, he gives me champagne, and I don't really like champagne, but I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna gulp this, this, uh, you know, loose of champagne. No. Oh, okay, yeah, oh yeah, it had sorbet. It was a dessert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just like start gulping this champagne down. And then I, I just look up and everybody is just like looking at horror at me. And, and Todd runs over and grabs the glass out of my hand and because I almost swallowed the wedding ring because he puts it in the bottom of the glass. <laughs> you know, and he's like, oh, will you marry me? And. Of course, I say yes, and um, but just 
only Todd can do in his own creative, fun way. And, and so um, months later, we'd be out in public, you know, at a play in San Francisco or a restaurant, and um, he would say, give me your ring, you know, and I'd like, oh. and then after a few times, I realized what he was doing, so I'd take my ring off, and, and he would make this huge production, you know, in front of everyone, and say, oh, will you marry me like that was the first time he asked me. And, uh, <laughs> so sweet, you know. And, uh, of course, the crowd would just, like, cheer, and everybody would just be looking at us, and like, oh, that's so sweet. And, and uh, so he did that, like, I don't know how many times you asked me. Lots of times. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I love about him. But, man, you know, in the same way, that's how Jesus is. He's like, oh, my goodness, I love your yes. He loves our expression. He like, He's like he wants to hear it over and again, over and over. Yes, yes, Lord, yes, I'll marry you. And and he's, he just, you know, he's so good like that. He loves watching our expression. So in, um, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, We've been betrothed to one husband so that we would be presented pure to Christ. So there is, like, in each one of us, this God-giving longing. It's from God uh, to commune with him, to have deep intimacy. And it can only be satisfied by the one who is love. It can only be satisfied by him. So he would not give us a longing if he wasn't able to completely satisfy it. You know, completely, fully. And... We, we want to be fascinated by God. We want to be enjoyed, and we want to be loved. And we feel so vulnerable saying, like, we have these needs, but they're so valid. All of your needs to want to be loved, to want to be enjoyed, are completely valid. Because he doesn't give you a longing or a need unless he's fully confident in his ability to satisfy that and to fill it, and he is. So don't be embarrassed or ashamed to say, I need, I need love today, God. And he's like, oh, yeah, here you go. He's so able. But when I begin to um, lose focus or just get distracted, and, um, you know, lots of distractions come sometimes for me, or um, just traffic, what I call traffic in my head, where it's just like, oh, things I got to do, and this thought and that thought, and, and struggles. And yes, I do struggle. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed to say that I struggle with things and with thoughts because the testimony of what Jesus is doing through me is just great apostasy to help other people. So, yeah, I struggle sometimes. And I get migraines sometimes. And I have pain, you know. But So when I begin to lose focus and start looking at all those things, then I realize, okay, you need to turn your gaze to the beauty of Jesus. Turn your gaze. Turn your gaze toward him. Because what you look at, what you behold, you become. You become like. So look at him. And he's beautiful. Oh my goodness. He's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, Lord, even now, just we ask that you would show us what you're like, Jesus. Show us what you're like. Thank you, Lord. that burn like blazing fire for us, Jesus. We turn our, our
gaze toward your eyes. And your feet, it says your feet are like bronze glowing. That's amazing. Your feet are like bronze. Whoa. And you hear a voice. Your voice is the sound of many rushing waters. It's like thunder. This is who you are, Jesus. <laughs> like Todd was singing tonight, you hold the stars in your hand. How can you hold the stars in your hand and then look at me and want me? Your face, Jesus, it shines brighter than the sun. It shines brighter than the sun, Jesus. And you're all together lovely. You're radiant, Jesus. You're beautiful. You're powerful. <laughs> you're excellent in all you are, Jesus. And you're perfect in all your ways. You're completely perfect, Jesus. And, and this is why this is so important that we get and understand what he's like, what he looks like. Because this is the one who says, I want to be united with you. This is the one who's like, I want to be one with you. Wow. So, um, yeah, let's just go ahead and keep looking at him. In the 17th century, there was a Roman Catholic mystic uh, by the name of Madame Guyon. I hope I'm not pronouncing that wrong. Has anyone heard of her? Yeah. So she just had amazing insight in what it was to have union, oneness with God. And she said this, The dead soul does not enjoy the fruits of union until the moment of its resurrection, when God, causing it to pass into him, gives it such pledges and assurances of the consummation of its divine marriage that it can no longer doubt. For this immediate union is so spiritual, it's immediate, <laughs> so refined and so divine, so intimate, that it is equally impossible for the soul to conceive or to doubt it. Wow. It's so true. It's an immediate union with him. And so, you know, we often say this, like, stop looking inward or stop being so self-centered when we've got things going on. And so we begin to look outward, you know, we start to do the outward thing and get busy doing, doing, and ministry busy and um, people-pleasing, you know. We fall into people-pleasing and just needing this continual affirmation from people to fill our needs. And, of course, encouraging words are great, and we do that a lot here. It's wonderful, but it's when it becomes your life source, when you depend on it, that that's when you run into some trouble. So, actually, it is here. It is all about here. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And that's just crazy. <laughs> but it, it's so true. It's, it's um, this amazing reality that we need God. We need this eternal God who's filled with infinite wisdom. He's so huge. You know, he's endless. We need him. And he calls us, seek me out. Seek me out. But yet at the same time, he says, I've given you Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is that, you know? Um, we're joined together with Christ. We're joined with him. There's no separation. Nothing. There's nothing that could separate you from Christ. Nothing. It says in Romans 8, 37, nothing. So, um, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Uh, 
uh, it says, He who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So whenever you read in Christ in the Bible, you can really uh, replace that with union with God. Replace that with union with Christ, and it's going to really wreck you. Uh, Romans 7.4, also uh, in the Mirror Translation, it says, In the crucified body of Christ, you died to the system of the law. Your inclusion in his resurrection brought about a new union, and out of this marriage now bears children unto God. So it's like, you may say, like, what I don't understand that. I can't even comprehend union with God. And exactly, that's why Jesus says this is the mystery concerning Christ in the church. It's, that's why it's a mystery. I can't comprehend that. Um, so just on a side note, I just want to encourage us to stop trying to figure it all out. We don't have to have it figured all out. We don't. Um, <laughs> we just want to understand everything. And um, just when you think you do understand him and you get revelation, it's like, here we go. Here's a whole nother mystery unlocked for you to explore. So, you know, we, we don't need to have it all figured out. And <laughs> we don't have to have it all together in a nice box we're going to limit God. And we can't limit God. We can't put him in a box at all. He, he won't be put in a box. So uh, for me, I was at a, a meeting several years ago, and um, I was it was like a really powerful, and God was totally moving on me, and, and I just began to be unaware of just everyone outside of me and what the speaker was even saying. And um, I went up in the spirit, and the Lord took me to the throne room, and it, it was like nothing I had ever experienced before. And I could literally see down on the earth. And it was terrifying, yet beautifully awesome at the same time. You know, if you've ever read what the four living creatures are like, terrifying, terrifying, but yet, oh my goodness, awesome, because... I'm just like frozen. I can't move just under the weight of, wow, I feel so small, God. But um, with that, with those questions, you know, after that encounter, it actually left me with more questions than answers. Yeah. He, and that's just like God. Questions are awesome. Questions are a great thing. Ask questions because it's going to lead you into all truth going to lead you into the depths, the inner chambers of the Father's heart. So ask him. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, anyway, that was a side note. But in Colossians 3, Colossians 3, 3, it says, your union with his death broke the association with that world. The secret of your life now is that you are wrapped up with Christ in God. That is the secret of your life. It's the wisdom from another age that we are united with him in his death. That's the mystery, the great mystery. So I love um, in Song of Solomon 4, I think it's verse 6. It says, until the day breaks and the shadows flee away, I will go my way to the mountain of myrrh and the hill of frankincense. You know, that is a real place. That's a real place in the spirit to go to that, that the Lord's taken me on. Myrrh, it, it, it means bitter. It's the bitter sufferings of Jesus. It, it was used in the burial process. And um, it's at that mountain, the mountain of myrrh, that you embrace the cross. 
that for some reason you have to die to live. It's embracing that. And the hill of frankincense. So frankincense trees, um, they, I don't know if you've ever Googled them, but they grow in the most unusual environments and sometimes directly out of a solid rock. So it's on Christ, it's on him, the solid rock that, that we have our foundation from new life, from death to new life. So uh, how about even now? Just just let the Lord anoint you. Go ahead and just close your eyes. Try not to fall asleep. It's kind of quiet in here. <laughs> Don't. Well, maybe it's okay if you fall asleep. God may do something really awesome. But let him anoint you. Let him anoint you with the fragrance of myrrh and frankincense. Let him lead you to the mountain, to the hill. The thing is that uh, myrrh and frankincense are produced by piercing the tree until it bleeds. It's, it's a picture of Christ's sacrifice and the life that comes through his blood. Thank you, Lord. They bring healing. So if you're needing healing right now, let the Lord anoint you and heal your body because he's here. So as you come up out of the wilderness, leaning into your beloved one, you're fragrant now with this all-consuming love of Jesus, your bridegroom, and he wears you like a sweet perfume. It's perfume to him. So it's at that mountain that you comprehend and experience your union with him in his death and resurrection. Keep your eyes closed and ask, what does he want to say to you right now? Ask him if there's anything he wants to give you. says in verse 7, all beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. So perfect. And it's befitting for a perfect king to want a bride without spot or wrinkle, worthy to be with him. much more powerful when you hear it for yourself. You know, someone could stand up here and give you a great message or tell you, but when you experience and hear it for yourself, oh wow, that's when it becomes powerful. Uh, our union with Christ in that 
nations will come to you. The nations will come to you. And so that's um, the gift of his love for you is the gift of your life for the whole nations of the world. Wow. <laughs> Do that on your own at your own time with the Lord. And, and oh, man, he's going to show you wondrous things. <laughs> it's all about a wedding. It's all about a wedding. Jesus is um, introduced first by John the Baptist as the bridegroom. He's like, this is the bridegroom. <laughs> and then Jesus refers to himself in, I think, Matthew 9 as a bridegroom too. So what does he mean? What does it mean <laughs> when he's referring to himself as the bridegroom? What does that mean? <laughs> it means I am the God with burning desire for you. That's what he's saying. He's filled with passion for you. That's what he's saying when he says, I'm the bridegroom. I'm burning with passion for you. Wow. It's, it's so important that we know um, God in his fullness, in all that he is, because we know Jesus came to reveal the Father, and we know him as healer and friend, but sometimes I just feel like we could step into more of knowing him as a bridegroom king. This is who he is. He chooses to begin his ministry on the earth at a wedding in Cana in John 2. It says, um, Jesus, he changed the water into wine. And so what is he doing? He's, he's releasing signs and wonders and power. But at the same time, he's revealing, revealing his value for his bride. He's saying, this is what I'm after. So we drink of the new wine now. We love drinking of the new wine. But there is a marriage wine reserved on our wedding day. And, and Jesus says in verse 10, he saves the best for last. So we have that to look forward to, the marriage wine. And he gives us a taste now even. He gives us a foretaste now of the marriage wine. So not only does Jesus begin his ministry on the earth at a wedding, moving in signs and wonders, changing water to wine, but his last public message to us, is an invitation to a wedding, like I talked about in Matthew 22. It's like, come to the wedding. This is what he's saying to us. This is what Jesus wants to express to us, that my father, my father is setting a marriage for my son. That's what the father's saying. I'm setting a marriage for my son. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Jewish weddings, you know, they're long celebrations. They're big celebrations. Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. At our wedding, we had a great wedding. Todd's dad was the pastor, and so his dad married us. He passed away um, last year, but yeah, his dad married us. And it was just this great celebration. We had people come to the Lord at our, at our wedding. We had people that just wanted to give their lives back to God, to return to the Lord. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a wedding where you just can't help but fall in love with him. There's no greater union. There's nothing, nothing greater than to say yes to him. There's um, just this resting place. It's, it's a place of deep communion with the Lord where you can stand unashamed 
where you can stand pure with the Lord spirit to spirit. It's, it's a place of oneness with him. You know, we get so busy with all this stuff, but there's this place of oneness, of solitude with the Lord. And it's, it's a place you can go. It's, it's a garden enclosed. It's a spring shut, a fountain sealed. It talks about that in Song of Solomon 4. A garden enclosed. So in that time, the king, he would have this private garden. And he would, uh, there would be high walls that would be erected to keep enemies out. And um, we need to keep the enemy out. Someone recently said that, uh, I read it said, Fear builds walls that hinder love. But wisdom builds boundaries that protect love. And that's so good, isn't it? It says, uh, fear builds walls that hinder love, but wisdom builds boundaries that protect love. And we really need to protect love sometimes. Well, all the time, actually. So there's some places in our heart that only have reserved access to God. In in the, the world of um, Facebook, and where everything's just you know, on display in public for everyone to see. There's like, oh, there's places in our heart that only have access to God. And um, so the purpose of the garden in that time was to provide rest and pleasure for the king. In contrast, where like a lot of the gardens were for producing crops and food. So this is a place of, of pleasure and rest for the king. And he would show off this garden. He would show it off to all of his, his favorite guests. And he was extremely proud of it. He's so proud of it. And, of course, we know that the garden is, is our hearts. It's our heart before the Lord. It's a place that we release just the most fragrant aroma to the Lord and um, extravagant spices, you know, just dripping with dew of, of sweet worship and adoring abandonment to the king of all kings. That's what the garden is. It's our garden doesn't look like anyone else's, you know? It's it's so unique, and, and that's why the Father enjoys it so immensely, because he's like, oh, this garden, your heart's not like anyone else's, and I can go to that place and, and just be with you only. It doesn't, it's not like spending time with anyone else. Um, the enclosed garden, it's, it's the place where lies are destroyed, and we just begin to walk in the undeniable truth of how your maker sees you. It's revealed and known in that place, and you know that you know that those lies are gone, and the truth of who he is. It's it's a place where you can stand totally unshaken, just unmoved in your identity as a bride, and you begin to um, unleash dreams in that place, because the, the soil is fertile. It's rich soil there. It grows quickly. <laughs> because Jesus you know, he doesn't call us to be a bride just because he has such sweet affection for us, but because he, he wants partnership with us. <laughs> That's what it's all about. He wants partnership with us. So when you come out of that place, out of that, call it a bridal chamber, it's like you can't, uh, you can't even help but affect the world around you. It's just you shine. You shine. You reflect the image of God when you come out of that place smell like the sweet-smelling fragrance of a bridegroom king. So I just encourage you guys, just go there. Commune with him. Commune with him. And, and 
eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. Commune with him, because there's there's no other thing, there's nothing else that will satisfy. It's it's your life source. Nothing will satisfy you. <laughs> We're seated with him at the communion table. We sit with him at the communion table. But we also rejoice in the day when we're going to be seated with him. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Oh, wow. We're going to be seated with him at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Clothed in righteousness, dressed in purity, pure before the Lord. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Let's just, oh, just sit for a while and think about that. Oh, my gosh, what's that like? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's our inheritance. It's ours. It is our inheritance. There's a place reserved for you with your name on it. Yeah, it's his desire for you. It's his desire for you. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So I love this. In um, John 17, Jesus praying for us. John 17, verse 20. Jesus prays for us. He prays for the believers, and he says this. Uh, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they all may be one as you father are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me and that the father, the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one Whoa. <laughs> I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them as I as as you have loved me. So I think you know it's Chris Valentin who says that that scripture is not about getting along. It's not about unity. It's about it says so clearly Jesus wants perfect union with us. He he like he has with the Father. I want to be one with them, Father, <laughs> as you and I are one. That's what he's saying. Just meditate on that. That's that's the Father's desire. And then I, I always love to go down to verse 24. And it says, Father, I desire. And I just stop there. You know, do you ever just read scripture sometimes and you just stop there? You're like, oh, wow. Father, I desire. Oh, my goodness. You know, the three most powerful words in the Bible besides it is finished for me is, Father, I desire. What? How is that? It blows my mind. Jesus, how could Jesus have a need? You know, when he's saying desire, he's saying, I long for, I pursue you, I pursue with love, I desire you. And he does, each and every one of you. He desires you. Just go ahead and just sit with that for a minute. Jesus, you desire us. You want us. Wow. Let it just pierce our hearts even now, God, that you want us. You desire us. You have a need. You say, Father, I desire that they would be with me, that I would be in them. It just, oh, it astounds me, God. And we say yes to you, Jesus. Yes. just to be with you. He said, I want to be in you and and you in him. That's what he wants. And that just, that grips my heart that he wants to be in me and I in him, not just beside me, 
you know, as a bride, we're, we're with him, worthy to be by his side. But he says, I sent you Christ, the hope of glory, to be in you, union with us. I think sometimes we don't really fully experience what that is, that oneness, that spirit to spirit. It's so real. I'm telling you, he's in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Everything you need, everything you long for, it's, it's here. It's right there. It doesn't mean you're not going to have a bad day. You're not going to struggle. Wow, I do. But man, when you when you just taste of that, see Christ in me, the hope of glory. Man, one with him. So the spirit and the bride, we say come. That's our cry. That is our heart's cry. That is our love's declaration. We say come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus. your heart in that place of just wanting oneness with you. Oh. Why don't you go ahead and stand? I'm sitting for a while. If you can, if not, it's all right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We just say yes to you. We say yes to your son. Your son that desires us, that wants us, that wanted to come to the earth as a bridegroom king. To say, I burn with passion for my people. I want to be one with them. So Jesus, we say yes. And God, we know that your son deserves his full inheritance. So we, we do call out to the north, to the south, to the east and the west. And we say, come. Come to the wedding. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Come to the wedding. You have a place reserved for you. The king has sent out the invitation. He says, come, I want to marry you. There's no greater union than to be one with you, God. Jesus, we just want to be one with you. We thank you that you called us. Thank you, God, that you want us, that you desire us. I'm humbled, God, that you would come as a man and that you would humble yourself on bended knee. I'm so humbled by that, God. You said, will you marry me? But yet, Jesus, you say you are worthy. You are all fair, my one, my love, my fair one. You say, come away with me. You don't see any spot or wrinkle in us. You don't look at our weaknesses. You say you are perfect. You're perfect. You're perfect in every way because you're a perfect king and you deserve a bride who's perfect. And you say, Jesus, you say to us that we look like you. It humbles me, God. But Jesus, we just, we choose to break off any false humility that hinders us and we say, yes, God. Yes, Jesus, we want you. We want to be by your side. We want to partner with you. You want a partner. We say yes. So Jesus, we say even now, we, we ask that the indwelling of Christ would resound in our hearts, that our heart would beat together with yours, Jesus. Oh, yes, God, let our hearts beat with yours. Let the 
some rhythms of unquenchable love resound in the earth. Thank you, Jesus, that our hearts beat as one. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for your son. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son. He's so beautiful. He's altogether lovely, excellent, and perfect. We love your son. We love you, Jesus. We love, we love you, God. So I just want to invite you, just, just, um, you know, if you need prayer, you can uh, just go ahead and ask. You know, someone, everyone here is awesome in prayer, but, but I feel like what the Lord just wants to do tonight is to just remind us, remind us of the union, the the call that that He wants us, that He desires us, that He just wants to connect with us tonight on that deep level on that intimate level yeah so just let him love on you tonight 